pray together. With open hearts, and we pray with open spirits, minds, eyes, and ears. May we hear anew this word today, O God. Allow your spirit to be upon us. Allow your wisdom to be within us. And allow your love to live through us. In the beautiful name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord, we pray. Amen. In a recent Christian Century issue, a periodical for ministers and progressive Christians, it's often called, the author of a particular article on Palm Sunday named Ron Adams, a minister in Pennsylvania, commented on this passage from the Gospel of Luke. It is a troubling passage and it is difficult to preach he said. The reason in Luke's presentation is because it is preceded by a parable against royal power. It is followed by the overturning of the tables in the temple. And it is containing a broad spectrum of emotion and experience and what he called ambiguous complexity of all that is going on in this troubling passage. Now, everything sounds fine. The followers are excited. They're waving palm branches. They're spreading their cloaks on the ground. They seem to be shouting out with joy, even in the version that Pat read, which some of you notice is different than what was on the screen, which we allow from time to time. There is even within that text some differing understanding of what is happening. The followers are excited and joyful, but the actual way Jesus words his response to the religious leaders is far more ambiguous. It does not use the word joy. The Greek word used in this passage in Luke is kekraksonte. Let's all say that together. No, you don't have to say it together. But it's a complicated word, and it's laced with emotion that has nothing to do with joy and has everything to do with deep sadness for what is about to occur. In other words, it might just be going on this sort of bifurcated passage of emotion Dance in a minor key. Figuring out how do we deal with this ambiguously complicated passage about Jesus entering Jerusalem. Because it's difficult, and because, in fact, all four of the gospel writers kind of differ on the details and what actually is happening, it might just be that there are churches like ours and pastors like me who want to try things 
a little differently, and this was the case in my home church. The Signal Mountain Baptist Church Creative Worship Committee decided that Palm Sunday needed to be celebrated a bit differently this particular Palm Sunday. And so they put together a group of folks to work on being somewhat creative with how to portray Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. They knew that Lamar Sitton had a farm, and on his farm they knew that he had a donkey. He was approached, can we use your donkey? That would be fine, Lamar said. He was a deacon at Signal Mountain Baptist Church. They said, now, uh, who's going to be Jesus? And Lamar volunteered the fact that, well, if you're going to use my donkey, he will only move if I ride him. So it was in that way that Lamar Sitton became Jesus Christ. Palm Sunday came. It was a day sort of like today, a little bit overcast and gray. The creative worship committee had gathered and prepared Key Street, which was the little street that was parallel to our church, Signal Mountain Baptist. It divided the church from the parsonage. Key Street was on a little hill, and it was at the top of the hill for the creative worship committee. That was the Mount of Olives. The sanctuary was going to be the temple. So we all gathered, some of us even dressed in first century Palestinian garb with some hay and the donkey and Lamar Sitton sitting on top. There we were on the Mount of Olives, and it came time to move toward the temple. And Lamar, Jesus, riding the donkey, began to try to get the donkey to go. And it was at that moment that we found that the donkey's name was Jethro. <laughs> go, Jethro, Lamar Sitton said, but Jethro didn't go. Go, Jethro, go, but Jethro didn't move. The crowd began to pick up on this rhythm, and the crowd began to say, Go, Jethro, go. And the creative worship committee said, No, you must say, Hosanna. So the crowd began to say, Hosanna, go, Jethro, go. But Jethro didn't go. And so Lamar Sitton finally had to get off of Jethro and walk from the Mount of Olives down Key Street to the sanctuary. It was an ambiguously complicated mor morning with a gray sky and a result that did not quite turn out the way we had hoped. What's going on in this passage is very interesting. It's also very historically important to remind ourselves the context. Jesus was entering into Jerusalem on Passover. He was reenacting, in a way, Zechariah chapter 9, which says, the king will enter riding on a donkey in peace. The crowd was simply quoting from Psalm 118. There were all kinds of biblical passages interwoven into this experience, as well as this important historical context. Passover, you'll remember, in Exodus is this vital 
remembering of the Jewish people. It tells them who they are and whose they are. It's about deliverance from bondage in Egypt, moving in the direction of the promised land. It is God's sovereignty over their lives and a reminder that God is in control and offering to them salvation from their bondage. It is a story of liberation, deliverance, hope, and heritage. It was Passover. It also is important for us to remember that in Jerusalem, it was not just the religious leaders that were in control of the temple and all things Jewish. In fact, they were under the overarching power of the Roman Empire. The Romans had a huge garrison in a city called Caesarea, which was on the Mediterranean coast. And from Caesarea, at special holidays, especially on Passover, the Romans would reinforce their garrison right outside the temple called the Antonia Fortress. They would send thousands of soldiers wearing all their regalia bestowed in their, in their armor and their banners, their standards. It was an important display for them both of power to instill fear and impressive might to give awe. The hope was that this display of power moving through the western gate of Jerusalem from Caesarea into the streets of that great city would send the message to anyone and everyone, if you have any consideration of rebellion, you will be crushed. And why fight us? Why not join us? It was to instill fear and to display awe. They were headed to the temple complex, the temple mount. It was where the Antonio Fortress looked over the temple. The idea was that the Romans in that garrison of the Antonio Fortress would be able to keep an eye on what was happening in the temple. For you see, in Jerusalem, during Passover, the regular population on an average day was around 60,000 people. But during Passover, the population swelled to somewhere between 300,000 and 400,000. You can imagine the Romans being very concerned because at Passover, not only is it an important spiritual memory for the people and part of their heritage, it also has political overtones. For just as God helped the Jewish people overthrow the power of Egypt, so also, perhaps some were thinking, God can help us overthrow the power of Rome. The Romans were very aware of how this might work and wanted to make sure there was no possibility. So you see from the next slide the importance of the proximity of the Antonia Fortress overlooking the temple complex with the Roman soldiers lined up around the portico looking down inside the courts of the Gentiles and of the women, keeping a close eye on the temple itself. Any possibility of rebellion or revolt would be crushed immediately. That was the western gate coming into the city, reinforcing this Antonio fortress, but 
scholars like Marcus Borg say it is very likely that at the same time Jesus on a donkey is coming in through the eastern gate reenacting Zechariah 9 a king on a donkey coming in peace with no one armed and impressive but followers simply dropping their cloaks on the ground and singing from the scriptures. What a contrast these two historical moments were. From the western gate, the Romans in power. From the eastern gate, Jesus and simple peace on a donkey. That time so long ago, not so different than the choices we have today. Choosing the beauty and the peace of Jesus or the impressive might and power of what the world dangles before us. And Jesus entered the city quietly, knowing what lay ahead, moving through and along the Via Dolorosa. Down the Via Dolorosa on Jerusalem that day The soldiers tried to clear a narrow street But the crowds pressed into sea the man condemned to die on Calvary He was bleeding from a beating There were stripes upon his back And he wore a crown of thorns upon his head And he bore with every step the scorn of those who cried out for his death Down the Via Dolorosa Called the way of suffering Like a lamb came the Messiah Christ the King And he chose to walk that road Out of his love for you and me down the Via Dolorosa all the way to Calvary the blood that would cleanse the souls of all men made its way to the heart of Jerusalem down the Via Dolorosa called the way of suffering make the Lamb the Messiah Christ the King and he chose to walk that road out of his love for you and me down the Via Dolorosa 
all the way to Calvary. Let's pray together. for all that you have done for us, for all that you're prepared to do with us, we give thanks and ask now that you allow us to see with eyes, hear with ears, and love with hearts ready to be used by you. In the beautiful and eternal name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord, we hope and pray and believe. And all the people said, Amen.